The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America, welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday morning. Most of you guys are getting ready to head into a weekend. <laughs> where you get to take a little time off, maybe some work around the house or something like that, but you get a time off of your job. It's, the news never sleeps, so uh, Sunday uh, is still <laughs> a couple of days off for me. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want to watch the video portion of the show, that's right, you can um, check out the face that's made for radio. Go to sonsoflibertymedia.com and scroll down right there on the right, and you'll see the video going live as we're streaming that out. We're also streaming it on my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL. Periscope page is Setting Brush Fires. YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, we're also on there. DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And then finally you can find us on Spreely Gab Me We Minds and USA.life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. <clears throat> now, what's interesting, and some of you may wonder why I'm not giving out the phone number, because I'd love to have people chime in on this. I really would. But uh, some of you are probably wondering why we're not giving out the phone number. Well, new computer, but software interacts weird with each other. Um, I haven't added anything new. Just all of a sudden, I guess it's Bill Gates's, you know Windows updates, and uh, it wants to drop the volume of my mic. Even now, it's a little bit lower than what it usually is. And um, so this is the same company that the guy started who wants to inject you and your children in the world with um, a vaccine that he claims can somehow prevent something or take care of something for you. Um, that, As far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen anybody produce any real evidence that we have a new disease. And this is what Dr. Kaufman was saying as well. So uh, that's if, if that's an example of what we'll get in a, a vaccine from Bill Gates or anybody else for that matter then um, I no thank you. I, I'm not interested in it. Um, okay, so we've got a, a... I've told you I would probably talk to you today about this NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. Now, look, this it's not like this stuff was new under Barack Hussein Obama, Satoris Sabarka, the usurper. He wasn't a president. He was a usurper. Let's get that straight, folks. All right? For all you people call me a libtard, a commie, because I'm critical of your political idol... 
I was critical of the other people's political idol too, okay? And NDAA didn't come around with Barack Obama, okay? It, it didn't come around with him. It's been around for a while. Now, our Constitution lays out, <clears throat> I meant to pull out my Constitution. I'll have to go through my papers in a minute to maybe do that. But it lays out that if you're going to, uh, and, and our, our founding fathers were against a standing army, okay? They were against that. They had set up the militia. And I've talked to you about this. We've had Dr. Edwin Vera on as well and um, to talk about the militia. We've had David Zuniga on to talk about the militia and reestablishing that constitutionally. And we had all those things. And yet, how is that being handled today? Well, you saw the hearings the other day where Bill Barr was being asked some questions and stuff. And, you know, look. Hats off to him on how he handled himself in the face of Nutty Nadler out there, okay? I, I don't really care much for Bill Barr, but he handled himself very well in that. With that said, you know, they kept using the term federal troops. Well, it isn't really federal troops they were using. Um, in fact, some of them were agents of Homeland Security. There's, there is a little difference in that. And... But still, our Constitution doesn't give authorization to that, to do what they were doing. They were basically putting down insurrections. That's what was going on. Now, our Constitution lays that out, that that falls to the uh, job of the militia, which is made up of the citizenry. And I know we had Dr. Vieira on, and Dr. Vieira says, you know, statute-wise, that applies to the, the, the regular um, militia, which is really a federal militia, which... That's not what the Constitution put in place, the National Guard. And the unregular militia, which is you and me. Those are not being used to put that down. And so our founding fathers wanted a militia in place to enforce law. That's what they were there for. Put down insurrections and repel invasions. That's what you and I are to do. And we've forgotten our duty. And it, when we leave something off, there's a vacuum created Guess who's going to fill that? Government. When the church doesn't take care of the poor, what does government do? It ends up giving welfare, doesn't it? Huh? When when the church doesn't take care of its own, um, the elderly and stuff, government's there to fill that. Social security. All of it's socialism. Okay? All of it is. You can try to justify it by saying you paid into it or whatever you want. I can go through the whole spiel. I'm not going to do that. So we've left that off. Our founding fathers wanted us to deal with these things. And they only saw a standing army or an army being really formed in the way it is now, a military the way that we have it, as being useful for obviously a common defense. But for a short time, you had to re-up it every two years. That's what the Constitution says. So we... End up having this NDAA back in, I think it was 2012, signed under the cover of darkness around Christmas time, New Year's. Um, I forget, it's been a while now. And in that NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, there was a provision within it that allowed you, if the government said, they didn't have to prove it, if they just said you were a terrorist, they determined it, they didn't prove it, you didn't get due process or anything. They could arrest you, hold you indefinitely, send you anywhere around the world one of their CIA black sites, torture you, 
And yes, folks, I know some of you don't think waterboarding's torture. How about somebody put you on one of those things and do it to you for several hours, and then you tell me whether it's torture or not? Well, Tim, they're cutting people's heads. Yeah, I know what people do. The fact of the matter is, you need to prove somebody's guilty. You just need to prove somebody's guilty in that matter, okay? If you're going to stick to the rule of law, if you're not, if you're going to be as lawless as the other side, then go ahead and knock yourself out. But don't call yourself a conservative. Don't call yourself a constitutionalist. Don't call yourself a Christian doing that. Okay? All right. So what's going on now? This is 2020, and we're looking at uh, legislation here for fiscal year 2021. Well, the NDAA has come up again. Now, there's still the same provisions here. And if you recall the other week, I was reading to you about a friend of mine, conservative guy, but boy, he was just, uh, it just amazed me how he went off the railing in promoting the Patriot Act, indefinite detention, send you to Guantanamo Bay. You know, if you're perceived as an NT for a BLM person, and look, I have no affection for those people. I think if they're rioting and looting and doing what they're doing and undermining the law, they should be arrested and they should be given due process. And then they should be given a just punishment, which isn't jail, for insurrection. Okay? That's what I think. But we're not talking about doing any of that. There's snatching grabs going on. We don't know who they're grabbing or whatever they're grabbing. And we don't know where those people go and what they do to them. That's done under the cover of darkness, folks. That's not out in the light of day. That's not what should be going on in a free society. I'm just telling you. All right? So we've got this new NDAA that's come out. And within it, guess what's in there? Red flag gun confiscation. And since it is a military bill, guess who it's aimed at? That's right. It's aimed at our veterans. Now, this is the same house that in March of 2017 passed a, and look, not the NRA backed means anything, okay? Because the NRA has sold us, sold our rights down the river for decades, okay? It's a good thing other Second Amendment groups came along to kind of hold these guys accountable. And even then, we know they've been using money in uh, questionable ways as well. But the, the, the House passes NRA-backed bill to protect Second Amendment rights of Americans' veterans. Now, this is what they do. They get you looking at one thing, or whatever they say, and then they go and they do something completely different. So this is what they were doing in 2017. Uh, they had passed H.R. 1181, the Veterans' Second Amendment Protection Act. And you know when they have a title like that, if you've been watching on Rotten of the Core Wednesdays. When they put a title up there, it sounds great. There's probably something bad in it. But in any case, Phil Rowe, uh, a doctor from Tennessee, he's a Republican, the chairman of the House Committee on Ver Veterans Affairs at the time, uh, was sent over to the U.S. Senate. In many respects, it mirrors a recently enacted resolution to repeal an Obama-era Social Security Administration rule that sought to deprive certain SSA beneficiaries of their Second Amendment rights. Okay, so they were looking to reverse what Obama had done. So that's in 2017. Now, in 2020, with the 2021 NDAA, 
it looks like those red flag laws that Donald Trump promoted, and under his administration, we now have at least 19 states that have red flag laws. And under his administration, the DOJ, Mr. Barr, that I was just talking about a minute ago, who, who supports red flag laws, by the way, just as much as President Trump, is bribing the states to put in red flag laws with your money. He's bribing the states with your money to do what is unlawful. We've had several reports on that as well. So what do we got? Well, we have a House bill and we have a Senate bill with regard to this. Now, I'm going to give you some information here, and you can go ahead and tell your, you know, the, the trolls to come on in too, because we want them on our side. Look, I, I have said it from day one. If you hate me, don't look and say, do you hate Donald Trump? No, I do not. I'm just going to tell you straight up, I don't. But you tell me who loves me or who hates me by what they do as far as the law. Let me give you this example real quick. When, when, that way you'll understand where I'm coming from when I give you this information. When God gave us his law, the Ten Commandments, the first table deals with how we love God, doesn't it? We don't have other gods before him. We don't make images. We don't take his name in vain. We work six days and we remember to keep one day holy. Okay? And the second table of the law, all those things there, that shows how we love men. We don't steal from them. We don't kill. We don't murder them. Excuse me, we don't commit adultery. We don't covet their stuff. We don't engage in, uh, not plagiarism. (laughs) We don't do that either. That would be theft. Um, We don't engage in uh, telling lies about them under oath in order to get them. That's a demonstration of our love. Well, when we have the Constitution and we elect people to represent us, how do they demonstrate that they love the people? By keeping the law. The Constitution is for them. It's not for us. It's for them. So you tell me, does Donald Trump, does do the people in the House and do the people in the Senate love you and do they love me? That's really the question. Isn't whether I love them. That law binds them. It doesn't bind me. So when we go to, to, to things like what we're going to look at this morning, we have to ask the question, what's going on here? Is this a demonstration of love or is this a demonstration of hate, and lawlessness. So yesterday I put down a few thoughts and gathered some stuff for you guys. Uh, if you want to, if you're unfamiliar with this, you can go to sonslibertymedia.com. The, the article is titled, Congress Hides Red Flag Gun Confiscation in Latest 2021 NDAA. It looks as if a red flag law could be imposed upon members of the U.S. military and their dependents if H.R. 6395, and I've got a link to that. Sorry, I've got to have some tea here. I've got some stuff in my throat this morning. As part of a compromise between the criminals in Congress and the White House, the latest version of the NDAA for fiscal year 2021 contains a provision to target the rights of our veterans and their families. There's also a There's a podcast here, and there's a video a little bit later on because it's very short. I'm going to play that during the broadcast, okay? 
I agree, Matthew. It doesn't. I'm just trying to clarify with people when they ask that. <laughs> but you're right. It, it, I, I'm just trying to clarify with them what that is. Okay, so <clears throat> John Crump, now we carry some of his articles over at GunsInTheNews.com. He's a writer. Uh, I think he contributes quite a bit to Ammo Land. And he's also over at uh, Patriot something, PatriotRising.com. <clears throat> John Crump writes, The NDAA authorizes the military to red flag anyone subject to the Uniform Code of Military Conduct. According to the NDAA, a friend or relative could report the service member as abusive. An ex parte court will hear the claims of the friend or relative and decide whether to take firearms away from the accused. Now, stop and think about that just for a moment. Not this person gets a chance to go at it themselves. No, 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 no. That's not what they get to do. This is about a family member or some anonymous person or a relative or whatever coming in and saying, this person is abusive. And notice what it is. The court hears the friend, the relative, da-da-da-da, doesn't say anything about the person who has been, quote-unquote, serving for freedom, protecting your rights, all this kind of stuff, that they don't even get to defend themselves, apparently. Ex parte court will hear the claims of the friend, the relative, decide whether to take firearms away from the accused. wonder how that works in the military. I'm just wondering. Well, they're going to take the soldier. They're going to stick him on a desk job. Do they kick him out of the military? I mean, if if he's such a problem that you have to take his guns, then what's he doing in the military in the first place? You would think, right? The gun owner doesn't have a chance to defend themselves or even know that someone is accusing them of abuse. They just, you're going to love this. Okay, you're going to love this. In the civilian world, law enforcement and the courts refer to red flag laws as extreme risk protection orders. Let's just call them for what they are. Tyranny. That's what they are. They're tyranny. You don't need this fancy word, ERPO, extreme risk protection orders. That's just fancy words to make it sound like they're doing something to keep crime from happening when what they're doing is they're violating the law. They're criminals. The NDAA refers to these red flag laws as military court gun confiscation orders. Okay, that sounds a little bit more truthful. (laughs) Gun confiscation orders. Look, we have to change the narrative. Okay, we have to change the narrative here, folks. Listen to me very carefully. I've been very um, clear on the issue of language. Socialists come in and they change the language. They change words from what they used to mean and make them out to something else. When I worked for another conservative outlet, they didn't want me to use the term sodomy, which is what sodomites engage in. They didn't want me to use sodomites either. That's a biblical term. In our society, we use the term affair. We don't use adultery. We use half-truths. We don't use lies. 
We some we call somebody dishonest. We don't say they're a liar. You see where I'm going with this? It's to soften the blow of what it is. And so now we use the word, the phrase gun control. What we should do is use gun prohibition or gun confiscation because that's where it all leads to anyway. That's really where all that goes to anyway. When you write a gun control bill, there are provisions in there to take your guns. All of it's unconstitutional. All of it's lawless. It should be considered treason since this is the means by which people keep a free state according to the Second Amendment. They're guns and the militia. That's what they do. Crump goes on and he says, according to gun rights advocates, or excuse me, he says, the court would assume the military member is guilty of abuse. And uh, let me let me back up one sentence. Even though the names of the rules are different, both laws work primarily the same way. Like ERPOs and GCOs, which are the gun confiscation orders, like due process, which is something in our Constitution. And as far as I know, folks, when somebody goes into the military, where in the Constitution does it say they lose their rights? Where does it say that? I know people believe it, but where does it say it? It doesn't. The court would assume the military member is guilty of abuse until they could prove their innocence at a later date. Now stop and think about that. Is that the American way? No, it's not. You're presumed innocent until somebody proves you guilty. Okay? According to gun rights advocates, the same service members that swear an oath to the Constitution will lose their constitutionally constitutionally guaranteed rights under the new NDAA. Military police or SWAT teams could carry out a raid of the gun owner's house in the middle of the night to strip them of their gun rights. Our veterans, the guys on the front lines, you know, the guys that lay it all on the line, as is said, the guys who serve their country, they, they want to take their guns in the middle of the night without due process, break in their house, steal their property, a violation of the Fifth Amendment, violation of the Fourth Amendment. And if you watch my interview, and we'll have it up if you didn't get to see it with Dr. Vieira on this, a violation pretty much of nearly all of the Bill of Rights. This is against our veterans. Crump goes on to say the NDA leaves a lot of gray areas in the GCO provision that would be filled in by the future White House administration. Oh, isn't that nice? If an anti-gun politician becomes president, like Democrat presidential candidate Joe Hands-On Biden, then the amount of evidence needed to strip the rights of the service member decrease or the amount of evidence to get the guns back would increase significantly. Anti-gun politicians seem to have this flexibility built into the NDAA intentionally. Now, you know, Crump makes this issue here with uh, uh, Biden. He's an anti-gun guy. Well, let me tell you something. More things have been done. There have been good and bad. There have been some good things that, that the Trump administration has done with guns. There have been, okay? Um. But most of them are not hugely, they don't have a huge impact upon 
the population. They're on they're on special areas of gun ownership and gun sales. Okay. If you listen to Bradley's show, under the Trump administration, the gun sales have gone through the roof, which is really unheard of under a Republican administration. Usually that happens under a Democrat administration, but you're seeing now very clearly what's going on. And I can't say that Donald Trump necessarily is pro-Second Amendment, uh, not with what we've seen come out, uh, especially concerning the bump stock bans, which was unconstitutional. I mean, even the Obama administration put through bump stocks. And whether you like bump stocks or not, whether you think they're a waste of ammunition or they're good or not is irrelevant. It really is. The ATF was never created for that. I think it's an unconstitutional agency. But if you were listening when we had Brian Boyd on, we used to have Brian on on Tuesdays, he was talking about they were created to deal with taxes on guns. Now they're dealing with what's legal or not legal as far as a gun. What in the world is going on here? So the banning of bump stocks is one thing. And this whole idea that I just read to you about taking the guns first, let me remind you of somebody who said this. Of this, and uh, I think you, in your meeting with governors earlier this week, individually. Well, isn't that and, nice? And as a group, we spoke about, um, about states taking steps, but the focus is to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. And allow due process so that no one's rights are trampled but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but any any weapons in the possession or of that individual. Or might take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system. Because a lot of times, by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. Mm, take those guns first, due process second. And, you know, I have a little problem. Every time I hear this, I pick up on something different. You know, even Mike Pence was saying, oh, we're going to go through due process. Well, really? Uh, we're going to take the... You're still in a situation where you're going to court, you're getting an order, and it's not necessarily over a criminal activity. You see, because the Fourth Amendment is to protect that. Somebody's got to go in. They've got to sign an affidavit. They've got to go before the judge. They've got to go in and they've got to search for the particular things that they're looking for and take them, and it's part of a criminal investigation. It's, it's, that seems very clear because the Fifth Amendment comes right behind it and says you've got to have due process, and you can't have your property stolen from you upon conviction or indictment. Now, are they indicting somebody in this process? Are they convicting somebody? No. So when I step back, I'm even going now, I don't even know that Mike Pence is on good constitutional footing. Okay? And as far as Trump's statement here, you've got you, you to understand what he's getting at. Well, I like to go get those guns first because of this, what this crazy man did. Okay, well... How do we know that he's not going to go along with this NDAA and say there are people within 
um, the military who are crazy. And we need to get those guns out of the, we need the guns out of those guys' hands too. I like doing that. Now people have said he's walked this back. I haven't seen it. And I told you I could bring up the the articles, but it just hit me when I said it a minute ago. We've reported on the fact that this administration, the Justice Department, is bribing off the states to impose red flag laws now. They're doing it now. Furthermore, on the Parkland thing, just one, one other thing on that. The kid who's accused of doing the shooting there, that guy had already engaged in criminal activity. They could have already dealt with him. They could have already found him guilty and dealt with him. He was, he had several um, reports that he had assaulted teachers, other students. He obviously had some mental issues. That's been documented too. So it wasn't like he had not been alleged to have committed crimes long before a shooting at a school if there even was one. It wasn't just that. It's that they didn't deal with his crimes. Had they dealt with his crimes, this would have been a non, non-discussion, non and Parkland would have never been. Okay? So here's this targeting of them. Let me give you a couple of things here. Now, this is from Gun Owners of America. And they write, the section in question, section 542, would authorize an unannounced middle-of-the-night raid of the home of any individual subject to the Uniform Code of Military Conduct. 542 is based on a middle-of-the-night ex parte court proceeding initiated by an aggrieved friend or relation. Maybe, you know, girlfriend doesn't like you anymore, wants to break up. Family member is a little ticked off that you got more inheritance than they did. Whatever the case may be. And they're going to come say and do whatever they're going to do. If they kill you in the middle of the night to take your guns and then find out later, oh, this person's lying, too bad for you, you're dead. Okay? This is what I'm saying. This proceeding initiated by an aggrieved friend or relation raising unsubstantiated allegations that the serviceman or servicewoman was abusive. So they're going to come steal their property. The gun owner is not entitled to receive notice or give his or her side of the story. The proposed emergency military court gun confiscation orders are explicitly exempted from the protection of due process provided for in 542-G1. In fact, there is no notice before the SWAT team arrives at 2 a.m. ready to ransack the house, seize all the guns, and if the target resists, kill them. Unlike most red flag gun confiscation, this provision leaves most of the details up in the air. And we know what happens when that, shoot. I mean, when we have it spelled out, shall not be infringed, even when we have it spelled out, these knuckleheads say, huh, it doesn't mean that. We can write whatever we want to. Okay? Leaves most of the details up in the air, presumably with the intention that they be filled in by an anti-gun White House. I don't know what people think about this White House just yet. I know what I think about it. 
and I just relayed some of that in Donald Trump's own words. What is the standard of proof for raiding your home? What needs to be proven? What rights do you have to defend your Second Amendment protected rights? Well, let me, let me put it this way. You remember I told you about the previous NDAA that Obama signed back in 2012. And one of those things was indefinite detention. Let's get a little look from that. Now, I went back. <clears throat> Some guy dumped my old YouTube account. I've been trying to get that back for over a year now which had some needed videos that were part of, of articles that I had because this would have been great to show you. Uh, because Lindsey Graham, if you remember, he kept up his... Um, he, he, he stood on the floor of the Senate and he declared, if you're a terrorist, he's talking about somebody here in America, you don't get a lawyer. Well, how do you know somebody's a terrorist? Well, we saw him do something. Okay, but you have to prove something, don't you? Everybody has that. If, you, if you're alleged to have killed somebody, if you're alleged to have stolen something, if you're alleged to have whatever, you get arrested. They get a warrant. They go search for things that are, that are suspected to be evidence of your crime. And you go to court over that, and, they have to, and the, the, the government has to prove their side of the story, their accusations, Right? I mean, this, but folks, this is basic, simple, constitutional Fifth Amendment stuff. This is not hard to understand. Yeah, but they're terrorists, Tim. It's like people saying, well, illegals don't have right. Well, first of all, you got to prove the person's here illegally, right? I'm fine with dealing with them, but you got to prove it. You can't just say, oh, that guy looks like he's illegal, <laughs> whatever, whatever that's going to look like. So we have this going on. <clears throat> And Lindsey Graham says, you don't get a lawyer. So he was down at a fish, fish fry down here, and a friend of mine at the time went down there and asked him, well, what do you mean by that? He says, well, you know, if we find out that you've been trained for Al-Qaeda, you've been this, that, and the other, and the, then you don't get an attorney, and we can take you away. I forget the exact words, but it's basically, we can ship you off to Guantanamo if that's what we need to do. This is the same kind of mentality. And the people of South Carolina put this knucklehead back in office, or they're going to, it looks like, when they had a good Christian man who stood on the law, they said, nah, thanks, we'll just stick with our guy he's accused of hiring the sodomite escorts. We'll stick with him. The people in my state. This isn't California, this is South Carolina. This is the same kind of mentality that is pushing this stuff. It's no different. It's no different. Here is um, Aiden Johnston, Director of Federal Affairs for Gun Owners of America. Here's what he had to say. Understood in context, Section 542 of the House Bill codified a new red flag gun confiscation order program enforceable against any person subject to the United States Code of Military Justice meaning both active-duty military and retirees, hello, among others. Quote, because these would be issued on an ex parte basis, the gun owner would get no notice, no attorney, and no ability to defend himself against the accusations in short, no-due process. Veterans, you're in the crosshairs 
of your own government. You're in the crosshairs of your own government. Now listen, I'm going to play this short video because we got, I think we got some time to where I can do what I want to do here at the end to let you, you say, Donald Trump's going to save us. He's going to, he's against us. I'm going to deal with that in just a second. Okay. Actually, let me do that now and I'll play the video. Now we do have President Donald Trump saying that he will veto the House version of the $740 billion legislation. But he's told us he would fight for the Constitution on spending before only to turn around and sell the American people out and give an excuse for it too, right? National security. Remember that? I'm going to show you that in just a little bit. The White House statement, uh, the White House issued a statement that read, the administration strongly objects to Section 2829. Now this is the Senate version which would require renaming of certain military institutions. The Senate version of the 2020 defense budget currently includes language establishing a commission to study the issue of renaming bases and determine a plan, cost, and criteria for renaming the bases. Once the commission determines its plan for renaming on the base renaming issue, the Senate bill sets out a three-year timeline for implementing the changes. And the summary of the House bill also lists measures to limit Trump's ability to order troops, troop reductions in Afghanistan. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I thought the president was the one, once con- Congress authorized something, the president takes control of that till it's done. See, see all this unconstitutional stuff that's going on here? This is just part of what's going on in this. Um, let me play you this video. It's only about three or four minutes. And uh, this is on the subject here. You, you know, we talked a little bit about this red flag law that has been tucked in that you're pushing back on. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, this, this is this is brand new. Of course, the NDAA, you know, the, the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, which I call the Non-Disclosure to Americans Act, NDAA. Um, they, they stick a whole bunch of really anti-constitutional stuff in this bill, particularly this bill. This is the bill that is unconstitutional on its face value. It allows, uh, you know, the, the government to go to war without Congress's approval. Um, and, and what they've done, what they've done with the, with the NDAA law this time is on page 343, I believe it's page 343 in the NDAA uh, law that the House just passed. They've tucked in red flag gun confiscation laws. I'm not I'm not stuttering. They've tucked in red flag gun confiscation laws and the the they're going to pa- they're passing the House. If we don't stop it in the Senate, we're going to lose our Second Amendment. If those of you who don't know red, what red flag laws are, they're basically uh, laws that say if if somebody calls you crazy, and of course, the media, of course, calls every white right winger crazy. I told you what Janet Napolitano said. Mm-hmm. So if you're a conservative, you post something on Facebook that somebody doesn't like, they're going to come in and confiscate your guns. Yeah. No, and you've seen it kind of tested out in certain areas, and it is, is, it's unconstitutional. It's crazy. But, but to your point there, what concerns me so much about it is not the fact that you've got Democrats pushing something that you know gives them that inch – uh, that will eventually allow them to take a mile. That's a huge concern. But specifically with the red flag laws is it's so subjective and it's so, you know, you can't, your, your defense, it's like every other argument that's out there these days. Drew said something that I don't like, so I'm going to call him a racist, even though it had nothing to do with that and I'm very much not racist. Like, 
Same thing. It's subjective with the gun. I, I, I think Drew's crazy. I have nothing to prove that. Or I think Larry's crazy or Diane or Becky or fill in the blank with any name. And people show up at your house and they take your weapons. And then you're having yep. to fight to prove why you are not when it's, it's, uh, it becomes a big he said, she said type of a thing. And, and those, those are very hard arguments and, and situations well, to work you're, away. You're a veteran, correct? Well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of the intel community. I, I wasn't an active duty person. I worked counterterrorism for the agency. Well, that, that, thank you for your service. But I will tell you, I will tell you this, that the, that the, uh, the veterans are going to be the ones that are going to be, uh, that the red flag law, if it's enacted, are the ones that are going to be used, uh, tested first. Be- and, and it's already been done because the, the veterans are, when they're out in the field and they use their weapons, they're trusted. They're trusted with the lives of the people that they're with, the other troops that they're with. They're trusted to carry out their mission. Mm-hmm. But then they come home. And and they go to the doctor and they you know they have PTSD or, or whatever it is that they 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 any any kind of uh, uh, mental uh, issue that they need to resolve they're going to take their guns yeah look and 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 I want you to understand something you know if 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 you go to, if you start taking away guns because somebody wants to go see a doctor guess what veterans and men because men don't like to go to the doctor as it is guess what veterans are not going to do when they get home from war they're not going to seek help yeah because well that's exactly right that's exactly right they're not going to seek help now let me let me clarify something here uh you heard the guy who's uh hosting the show there uh was in the intel community in some way and he said all oh, these democrats are going after him with this that and the other well wait a minute hang on here just a minute all right, let me get this up here. And you guys know Dan Crenshaw? Guy's not a Democrat. Served his country. He was a SEAL, wasn't he? Dan Crenshaw, no Democrat. You've already heard Donald Trump. I think Democrat took Republican name. This is me, okay? Dan Crenshaw. Explains his support for red flag laws. This is back in August of last year. He says red flag law emotionally trigger a lot of people. You think? Dan, do you understand the depravity of man to lie about his fellow man, to get him in trouble, to have his property stolen, maybe get him killed in the middle of the night because people don't know how to show love for one another? You know, what were the commands that Jesus gave? You're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you're to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang all of the law. This is why I brought that up earlier. What love is. Who's really loving who, people? I can tell you everybody that supports a red flag law hates your guts. They may talk in this language, oh, we want to protect people. Oh, we want to take care of people. Oh, we want to do this and do that. Because we don't want anybody to die oh, except for those millions of little unborn babies that we want to fund their murder. And a horrific murder at that. We want to rip them apart and let moms do it and call it a choice. But don't look at that. Just trust us when we say we have your best interests at heart. Now, here's Dan. Here's Dan Crenshaw. 
On August 4th, Breitbart News reported that Crenshaw emerges from El Paso, El Paso Texas, in Dayton, Ohio, <clears throat> attacks pushing for red flag laws. Crenshaw said, clearly when we say red flag laws, you guys stop listening. You can't hear what we're suggesting. Yeah, because it's unconstitutional, Danny. The fact that some of our veterans don't even know the Constitution, they put their hand, they raise their hand and take the same oath as those who represent the people that they don't even know what the Constitution says is a crying shame. That's why I say every rally that you go to, I don't care if it's for Donald Trump or anybody else, every rally that you go to, you ought to get out in the crowd with a bullhorn and call the person with his hand out for your vote and say, hey, how about naming off the first 10 amendments to the Bill of Rights? I'll bet you President Trump can't do it. I'll bet you 98%, if not 99%, of those in the House and the Senate can't name them off either. And if they can't do that, folks, they have no business representing us at all. They don't represent us to go get goodies for us. They represent us to make sure the law is upheld. And that when legislation is written, it is that legislation that has been authorized to be written. Here's what Dan says. You can't hear what we're suggesting because, understandably, you automatically assume that we're just agreeing with the less version of the law. You are, Dan. You are. And we all know the left's version would not be good. It would not protect due process. Well, neither does the rights. You just heard Donald Trump take the guns first, due process second. Crenshaw continued, At its heart, what we're talking about is the ability to confiscate weapons where there is evidence that violence is about to be committed. Not that it is committed, not that it's really imminent, it's we think it might happen. Now we're going to play Minority Report. This is what Dan Crenshaw is doing. We're going to play Minority Report on people. Pre-crime. That's what we're going to do. This is what he's saying. Constitution knows nothing of that. It doesn't know anything about that. Read the Fifth Amendment. You don't get to take people's property without an indictment or a conviction. Sorry, Dan, you don't get to do it. And he should be smart enough to know that even if you take their stuff, what's going to stop them from breaking in somebody's house if they really want a gun and steal a gun from somebody? Huh? See, his mindset is the same as what he calls the left. It's lawless is what it is. It's lawless. He went on to explain that everything turns on due process and how due process would be protected under the type of red flag laws Crenshaw supports. Yeah, don't support those D red light red flag laws that are unconstitutional. Support my R red flag laws that are uncon- that are unconstitutional, but I'm going to tell you they're constitutional. Well, the 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 other guys say theirs is constitutional too. And he says the lefts are quote unquote blatantly unconstitutional laws. All boils down to how due process is protected. Well, Dan, I guess you and I and the founding fathers have a different version of what due process is. Well, that's the thing, South Coastal. He'd back down there, but if it's put before him to vote on, is he going to go for it? Because, you know, Donald Trump kind of 
backed away. He kind of got quiet after the backlash of the video that I played. But he's allowed it to go on. He's overseen it in 19, in 19 states. He's, his DOJ is bribing states with money to impose red flag laws. Now, <clears throat> the White House says they're, they're opposed to this. Oh, this is an attack on the Second Amendment of our veterans. We're not going to have this. Remember, they told you the same thing about uh, the unborn, didn't they? How, how pro-down... Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, like I said, somebody comes out and says it so strenuously and they back down just because of the, the pressure that comes on them at the moment. Don't think they've abandoned that idea. And if they have the opportunity to impose it, they will. You watch and see. Remember Trump? I'm the, mo- I'm the most pro-life president ever. That's what people have said. And then we got the report from Planned Parenthood, which does 40% of the abortions in America. And we found out that in fiscal year 2018 to 2019, they got more money from the federal government, which is you and me, than at any other time in their history. And they murdered more unborn Americans than at any time in history under the most pro-life president ever. Donald Trump said he was not going to sign funding for that. Uh, Nobody's censoring your comments, Sparky. I don't don't know what you're saying. Uh, You say, God bless all true patriots. I see the stuff. I don't even have the ability here to do that. I'm a one-man band, and I'm talking. I don't have... Time to to censor those things. You're not censored, though. Um, In any case, if you remember, Donald Trump signed a $1.3 trillion omnibus bill. Now, this was in March of 2017. He signed this after he said he was going to fight for you, America. Remember that? They had shut down the government. He said, if this is what we have to do, it's what we have to do. And we got to shut it down. And he played that little game with, with everybody. And then he came back and he did what? He signed the bill and he said, oh, I had to do it. It was a national security issue. I just, I had to do it. I'm not just as tough a guy as I talk about. I'm not the Rocky of politics the way I talk about. And he didn't do what he's supposed to do. I wrote this article back in in March, of course, of 2018. Um, He said he was very disappointed that he signed it. But you know what? Does that seem to fly with any of you other people? As he says, I'm considering a veto of the omnibus spending bill based on the fact that the 800,000 plus DACA recipients have been totally abandoned by the Democrats, not even mentioned in, in the bill or the border wall, which is desperately needed for our national defense. It's not fully funded the whole time. Come on, guys. We know better than this. He was never going to veto that bill. When this comes here, when this comes here to this, And this NDAA comes up. Do you really think he's going to put this down? Maybe he will. Maybe he will veto it. Again, we had several articles on this. You'll be able to read those of this caving that he did. And then he did it 
in January of 2019. <sighs> this gets, it gets very depressing to have to give you this stuff to remind you of what this guy has done. Too many people in politics and those that follow them want to say and believe whatever they want to believe, but facts are stubborn things, aren't they? After President Donald Trump caved by reopening the government without his wall funding, which he promised you, the American people, and by the way, the majority of that wall is reconstruction wall of stuff that's already there. I think about, what, three miles is actually new? So he's deceiving you about what he's doing, or what he's not doing, I should say. But here he was. He caved by reopening the government without his wall funding. And yes, it was a cave. And I demonstrate that in the article. The Democrats rejoiced and they gloated over it. However, Trump Trump was quick to claim that he had not conceded anything. But that's not true. That's not true. In fact, when you go down through here, you'll find all kinds of stuff that he conceded at the time pretty much gave the Democrats everything they wanted. He didn't get nothing. He didn't get anything that he was after, that he said he was going after for the American people. Now, this hasn't happened once. It's happened at least twice. And I'm just saying, if you're like me, when Donald Trump and his White House says, oh, we're opposed to that, we're going to veto that, and they'll have to override the veto, and this, that, and the other, you know, I would, I would at least have some respect for him in that capacity, if he vetoed it and he says, okay, you guys, you push it through. It's on you. I've said no to it. I would have some respect for a president who does that. But you watch what happens when it comes down the line. And there'll be an excuse, oh, we needed to fund our military. There's $750 billion in there that we got to fund our military. This is a national security issue. And this, that, and the other. And I'm telling you right now, you watch and see if it doesn't come to pass that way. You know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I ain't the brightest bulb in the room. I was born on a day and it wasn't yesterday. And I'm saying, you look at the man's track record of what he's done. And when you see that, you tell me whether you really think he won't push that through and sign it for political expediency, especially in in an election year. Doesn't want to shut down the government. Doesn't want to shut down the military. Because if he does that, oh, he'll have to own that one. And the people won't like that perception. But he would be upholding the law and doing it. Guys, you have a great weekend. Um, we're out of time today. Catch us tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Kate Shimarani will be on with us. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about yet, but we're going <laughs> to sort that out this afternoon. If we don't see you tomorrow, have a great weekend. Great Lord's Day. Talk to you on Monday. See ya.